may be witnessing the beginning of an era that will mean the complete annihilation of man. Did you water yours down? No. Big pussy? No. <laughs> you do one water down and you're, you're labeled for the rest of your life. Ooh, man. That is paint thinner. When, when did we stop toasting? Oh, uh, yeah. We well, chin chin. Oh, know. God. Chin chin. Here, I'll, I'll take Jason's water bottle here. Clink, yeah, clink here. Clink, 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 clink. imaginary. There you go. Chin, chin. Caleb's being a little pansy. Chin chin. We stopped clinking when we got this bistro table. Is it a bistro table? Or this social is a cafe table. Cafe table. Yeah. But the, the, the stools have to be counter height. Mm. Use the wrong vocabulary again I'm, and see I'm what happens. You. <laughs> and, you know, I, I, I'm a, I was pissed when I got my counter height stools mm-hmm. missing the cross braces, which made them unusable. They look nice taking them in Florida. So I just... sent a very stern email to Wayfair <laughs> and uh, the first thing that it sent in its auto reply was mm. that it's received it and I can look for my replacement parts by December the 1st. Oh wow. Okay. Yeah. I almost went ape shit. <laughs> and then yesterday out of nowhere I get an email saying that your package is shipped. Oh. So. It's not, it's not he, the cross braces. He sent a threat. He said we'll yeah, talk who, about who, your child oh, trafficking. Just, just, it doesn't, it doesn't say what the hell shipped. <laughs> Yeah, I was going to say. They might have sent, you know, a young Venezuelan boy to tide me over. Until he, just, he just sits under there holding them for you. <laughs> Excuse me, sir. Here are your cross braces. We will expose you to our 11 listeners again if you do not get our stuff. My legs are cramping. I need to adjust. Can I move now? <laughs> I've been in this box for days. I said, listen, Wayfair. We've already exposed your ass Juan. on our, you know, no, my name internationally world famous podcast once. <laughs> I thought don't make me do it again. Yeah. I thought you were acting like you were talking to the kid, and the kid's name was now Wayfair. Like they, they branded that on the kid. Listen here, little Wayfair. No, no, senor, my name is Juan. <laughs> so now here's the thing. Okay, we are international because we did have like that one time someone mistakenly downloaded us from Australia. That's right. And that, then, <laughs> yeah, somebody effed up. Oops. And, it's like, uh, what is this? I'm not looking for that. Somebody's listening. They're like, man, America is going downhill. And they're like, man, this is brutal. It's all Trump's fault. Yeah. What uh, episode is this? Uh, yes. 11. Um, 11. 11. And it's the spooky episode. It's the spooky That's what we're calling episode. it because it's the day. Well, then can we just call Halloween. it episode 13? Oh. Um, I mean, this, we, we don't need the other two, do we? I mean, Is we, anybody going to know? Are they really counting? Nobody gives a shit. <laughs> Welcome to episode thirteen. I'll, I'll, I'll call it whatever you want me to call it, and then we'll go back and like record eleven, and then and then like backfill them. Yeah, like next week, date. episode fifty-two. <laughs> so let's do that. Let's put our our Podbean on random where you can't listen to it in order. <laughs> it's on shuffle. Yeah. I don't think that would offend anyone. I don't think that no. no one's like, oh, I need a new one. I think our shows get better if you play them backwards anyway. Don't they? <laughs> Well, what do we talk about on spooky episode? I we, mean, we talk about spooky stuff. Like what? Well, like, I mean, I mean, we're how many days away from the election? And we're going to tell scary stories. Well, I mean, that's scary enough in itself. Yeah, so definitely a lot of categories. That, to that's from. one thing. I mean, we're we have Donald Trump and Joe, Dirty Joe Biden, and go going at it, and we're hoping Filthy for a Trump man. win. Dirty Joe, but, uh, yeah, that, that's a horror story in itself. To, to can you? Go with. Can, 
Is it bad that like Hunter Biden's more interesting than Joe Biden? Oh, he's way more interesting. That's interesting. I mean, yeah. I mean, hell, I would like, you know, I'd rather him. What a train wreck. Yeah, he's crazy. But none of that's true. That's all been debunked. Yes, absolutely. I'm sure. Yeah. Alleged. Allegedly. Even though I, in my possession, have a shitload of photographs that were sent to me from a Chinese site. Because all the, all the writing above is in Chinese. And I have a picture of Hunter Biden banging some Asian chick. Uh, and it looks to be like she almost has bandages on her arms or something. It's very bizarre. And there's another picture of him completely naked. Uh, now, these are real photos, uncensored, because you can literally see his schlong. Oh, wow. Yeah, it's disturbing as shit. But, um, and there's one where he's, uh, looks like he's, I don't, I have no idea who the woman is. Doesn't look underage, the other one. The other one could definitely be. Yeah. But this one is uh, this woman. I don't know if it's a prostitute, call girl, escort, friend. I have no idea. But they're definitely, you know, he's he's coming in from the back, oh. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, it's graphic as shit. And then there's another picture I have where he's. Uh, it's one of those deals where like he's laying on the bed. It looks like a like a hotel bed, mm-hmm. and the the photograph is like his perspective of looking down his body, like at the TV at the foot of the bed. And there's this woman laying on her stomach where like her feet are up, you know, by his head and she's laying down the bed and she's laying opposite of him mm-hmm. completely naked. And they have, there's a little, you know, the little fuzzy, you know, blur over her, you know, mm-hmm. special place. And right. his schlong is covered up in that one. Thank God. And uh, yeah, I've got all of them. But, but what's on the television? I pff, never looked. Was it CNN? I'm sure it is. <laughs> they watch the CNN like, man, we're, we're going to be on here. That Hunter Biden's a great guy. <laughs> I mean, it's abs. I mean, th- there's no way any of this is a scam. It's not. I mean, it's a thing. Yeah. Well, it's, okay. Where's the laptop, supposedly? I mean, well, I mean, what does that tell you about the FBI? They've been sitting on this thing for a freaking year. Yeah. You know, and still nothing. They're probably waiting to make an arrest. I'm maybe, sure. a, <laughs> yeah. maybe a ghost took it. It's Halloween. I mean, as much as you know, obviously, regardless of what you think of the current president, I think anybody would agree. Even the people that have massive Trump derangement syndrome, nobody's voting for Joe Biden. Right. They're voting against Donald against Trump. Trump. Right. Uh, you know, you'd have to be very, very close to brain dead or so exquisitely brainwashed to think to yourself in your heart and soul. I think Joe Biden's a good man and the right man for the job. If you think that, well, just look at his history. I mean, 43, oh my God. 43 years, 47, done, oh, yeah, 47. Yeah, 47. And you know, damn well, if for some reason he'd pull this shit out, it ain't going to be long before it's Harris Pelosi running the fucking country. Right. If that doesn't terrify the shit out of you, is there anybody out there that's thinking, well, yeah, I would actually like that. I'd, I'd support, you know, Harris Pelosi running the fucking country. Well, yeah, there is. Cause people think that, um, I mean, I hate to say it. People probably like Caleb's age that are, you know, kind of brainwashed, the brainwashed and, millennials. Yeah. He is, he is, he is enlightened for his age. I will say that. But yeah, yeah. He's one of the few people under the age of 35 that I don't think is completely. Yeah. Just gone. Yeah. You know, I just realized, you know, back in the eighties when a lot of the horror movies came out, you know, Friday 13th, Halloween, you know, Freddy Krueger, all mm-hmm. that. So Pelosi's Freddy Krueger. Okay. Yeah. 
Biden is Michael Myers. We're bringing this back to the Halloween show. Yes, yeah, I'm Michael Myers. And Harris would be Jason, I guess, with the hat, with the machete. So, mm. so well, I'm curious how you got Biden as Michael Myers. Like, it didn't Michael, say anything. It makes any sense. You know, just kind of walking around. Going, he forget. Bah. He forgets who he's going to kill. Yeah. <laughs> and he just won't die. He's a mass. <laughs> yeah, yeah. No matter how many times. You've died every he's, time. He's so constantly like misquoting numbers. Yeah. <laughs> I've killed 87 people. No. no. <laughs> well, what, what yeah. was funny was, is like, even I was, I was looking at a thing on Twitter where CNN obviously had to do like a mass, even e- CNN did a fact check on Joe Biden for the mm-hmm. debate. Cause like, Literally, he lied so oh, many yeah. times during the so debate big. that even CNN was like, all right, well, let, let's yeah, do the yeah, facts yeah, here. Yeah. Those numbers was, are a little wrong. Let's, let's go back like, and look. I was like, man, when your own media form is out here, you know. Uh, he was under a lot of pressure. I mean, it's hard to think quickly under a lot of pressure, you know. <laughs> yeah. He didn't, take he didn't, he didn't have that over. earbud in this time. Yeah, yeah, yeah. How, and if you're one of these liberal brainwashed buffoons, <laughs> how do you get past, how do you justify the fact that Twitter, Jack Dorsey, has completely removed anything referring to the Hunter Biden situation in any way, shape or form, but allows Holocaust deniers to freely spew their horseshit. Yeah. If you're a Democrat voting, left-leaning, brainwashed liberal, and you think any of that is okay, and if that doesn't sort of, if the light bulb's not going over your head, then you're just gone. You're so exquisitely stupid or brainwashed or... What, what is it? What, what did you say? is it? Lean into the strike zone. Lean into the strike zone. <laughs> Take one for the home team. We don't need you breathing our oxygen. Keep your mask on. Mm. You know, sooner or later, you'll breathe in enough of your own horse shit, and it'll choke you to death. Fucking idiots. <laughs> kind of like this Jack Daniels. Yeah, no, I just, yeah, I just heard uh, Sweet Child of Mine start playing in the gym. Ooh. I'm pretty pumped up for this podcast. See, now. how many 22 year old millennials, you know, ears perk up when Guns and Roses comes on? That tells you right there he's good people. Well, I'm, he's, he's a good kid. He, 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 he's a good boy. He's a, just, he's just like, just a like good the, boy. The, the six ladies that listen to the show, they go, oh, yeah, I like that Caleb boy. He's nice and sweet. He loves Jesus. <laughs> Those other three dirty, filthy old men corrupting him. They're rubbing off on him. He's going to be horrible after this. Shut up, Maud. I'll rub one off on you. <laughs> Maud. <laughs> you think we have a listener named Maud? God. I can only hope so. Mod from Topeka, Kansas. And if you are Mod, I didn't mean that. <laughs> from, I'm just, from I'm just playing. Topeka, Kansas. That was Mods from Australia. Mods, oh. <laughs> he's like, I'm never getting back on this podcast again. There's some like attendant all in white with you know black horn rimmed glasses at an old folks' home in Australia, forcing Mod to listen to us <laughs> because he's just a sick, twisted piece of shit. He's just trying to torture her. <laughs> It's some Psych- psychological therapy. He Googled, if you can get through this, yeah. you can get through anything. Yeah, he Googled worst podcast of all time. <laughs> <laughs> this is, you know, if you're scared of spiders, they slowly show you pictures of spiders, and then eventually you touch a cage with a spider, and then you eventually touch the spider. Same thing here. If you're traumatized, they just expo- slowly expose you to things, and we're one of yeah, those. We're, we're going to get one of those reviews, and it's like, I just want to thank Navigating Dystopia. I was wheelchair-bound for 13 years, but then I finally got up to walk to turn your trash off. <laughs> <laughs> Motivation. Take it anymore. <laughs> I was absolutely Motivation. tired of it. Now, so, it's, now it's become a, a frequently used, you know, universal therapy. Well, I was going to say, would it be yeah. used that to bring people out of a coma <laughs> or to put them in the coma? 
to decide. We're doing to, more to than hospitals are right now. <laughs> you know, j- just to remind people, if you've lasted through all eleven, we warned you. <laughs> Imagine four guys sitting at a bar, half tanked, talking about politics and religion. Wait, this we're is record- what we are. Are we recording now? Uh, I was gonna say, is Did we push the button? We've been recording for eleven minutes oh, and forty nine seconds. It's only been eleven minutes. <laughs> <laughs> I thought we were about done, man. I thought, I thought we were about an hour in. <laughs> I got shit to do. <laughs> hey, Rock, you got to vote today. So, so, scary so, stories. Scary stories. Scary. Oh, scary Halloween. stories. Yeah. Well, this we got to pick the category. The, the spooky oh. episode. Well, Houston says he has a bunch of scary stories. And honestly, every category. I don't know if we're talking ghosts here. We're talking about like, you know, ex-wife things or if we're talking about what kind of scary stories we're talking yeah. about. But I mean, we could gotta, be here to like six o'clock if we're going but, but to I think, Houston's I think first the more, marriage. Yeah. yeah. I think what would be more interesting is the if there are any ghost stories. Okay. I'll go even further. I can mix ex-wife with oh, ghost stories. Oh, wow. Oh, man. It, and and then um, I think that's good stuff, ain't it, Rob? I went for that last that last little bit. It's not a shooter. It's Rob, not a shooter. <laughs> Rob almost started crying right there. again. Again, it had been crying two days in a row. <laughs> oh man, your voice changed and everything. Oh. What so, is yeah. this? We'll, we'll talk about we'll talk about some 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 ghost stories and then even Jack uh, Daniel's single barrel barrel proof <laughs> Tennessee whiskey select. 133.7 proof. Don't ever go there. No. Is it the point seven that takes you over? I think it is. Yeah. I mean, it's just the extra. It's a little so, bit. Man, one finger of that shit. It's like. That's what she said. I'm pretty sure you could put that. <laughs> <laughs> I'm pretty sure you could put that in like a top fuel dragster. Oh my God. <laughs> Set you some records. Clean your fuel injectors right out. <laughs> And that's, that's sorry, I didn't mean to interrupt mm. interrupt your scary story. Scary. No, 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 no. Sure so I think either. I think yeah, Houston. If you want to start on scary stories, and then we'll just kind of we'll, we'll, we'll kind of do a go around or anything. Let's the room. Do we, in and, do, or yeah, do, okay. Do we who believes in shit like that? Oh yeah, let's it, let's bring that up first. Like Caleb, you first. Go. Oh okay. I mean yeah, of course that I believe in supernatural things. Do I? I I'll go into other stuff later. Jason said that he wanted to kind of talk about it, but Jason as far matter. as you know, do I believe in ghosts? Jason got um, COVID. He don't matter. He's not supposed to be here. <laughs> yeah. Oh yeah. Jason does a coat. Get out of here. Yeah. Jason's got <laughs> the kung flu. Us. He's yeah. That, that's a, I think that's a big topic when you do. No, 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 I don't have it. I've been tested negative, but I, I'm. Um. Hadn't we discussed that it would be much better radio if we said you had oh, okay, it? Okay, I do have it. Yes. Yes. Huh? Yeah. But you I'm about getting sick and tired of you not listening to what we're telling you. <laughs> I forgot what role I was playing. Sorry. <laughs> You're well, the sick alcoholic, Jason. Just to, to play your role. Are you the ghost non-believer? <laughs> well, I, I'm just saying I, I do believe. I just haven't ever uh, had Nothing anything natu- yeah. Yeah, like that happen to me. Now, my, my father has and, and some people that I trust me that's completely sane was, you know, say for sure. I've Here's seen some, some stuff that freaks yeah. me out. And I'm like, ah, you know, I just I was kind of curious about that. So, yeah. yeah. So, so for me, yeah, I, I don't believe in. I guess ghost in the traditional term of ghost. Uh, I mean, you've I believe in the a, Holy Ghost. You've not seen a sheet with eyes cut out walking <laughs> down the right. hall. Right. But uh, I, I do believe in, you know, the supernatural side of things. You know, with with the Lord, you have angels and demons. Mm-hmm. And I do. I think that any ghost, quote unquote, activity that happens now, I believe it's just all demonic activity. And mm-hmm. that's what's seen. And, and what's that? But that's just my own, you know, opinion on the, the ghost subject. And I can go into more biblical stuff on that later. But that's my first do you think? Do you think uh, people who have passed on can communicate with the living? Uh, no, I don't think so. Because I've I, only got one story, and it pertains to two of my kids. I, when they were I mean, I think that 
I think that there are t- there are times where even there can be angelic moments like that where they can you know the bible calls them familiar spirits and where but that term isn't given for someone who was actually that person right that refers to it can be demonic and angelic right so so on the demonic side being that the demonic side is trying to deceive you mm-hmm. by thinking that there's something that's nice and that's welcoming or whatever and then there's also i mean there's experiences where people have you know i have trustworthy people i know that said they've had even dreams that were so vivid of like their past loved one who was like giving them you know life advice and everything else so i think that there can be both sides of it for sure but i think it's angelic or demonic i don't think that it's actually that other i'd, li- I'd like to believe that like person. you know on your, your your last three seconds of life or whatever that you know my grandparents would come and welcome me and kind of you know say look it's cool don't freak out it's all it's gonna be great kind of thing i don't know you're saying in your last three seconds of life yeah i'm just saying like you know like when i would like the tunnel i would like yeah i mean yeah. i would like which well yeah, i'm not, what, I'm not what, saying you, i'm not saying that they're not you know what in do you, the what do you think about that saying, um I, I haven't had many of those experience i haven't had any of those experiences except one my grand grandmother my mother's mother I wasn't there mm-hmm. um, when she passed but my mother and her sisters and her brother were able to get there just in time as she mm-hmm. was passing and it was one of those like you hear where she's went from being you know dying sickly miserable sure, to yeah. all of a sudden happy huge smiling glow on her face saying oh my god Yes, yes, uh, I'm coming. It's sure, so yeah. beautiful. It's so beautiful. Do you see it? It's so beautiful. Yeah. And it's like she turned into this glowing, you know, different person, and then she was gone. Right. Mm-hmm. That, that is that is a true story. Now yeah. I don't know if you're just are no. you just losing it at the end or no? Could, I mean, I think that those are legitimate. You know, um, I, I don't know necessarily how to explain them. I can give you my best explanation for things like that, which would be, um, you know, it's the same for. NDEs, near-death experiences people have where they say, you know, you had the people that are like, man, I went to to hell or I went to heaven and I saw this and then they were resuscitated later, you know, and brought back. And Do you believe um, that? Do you think they could literally go to hell and then come back? Or is that just them trying to make a buck off a story and then they can... You, you know, know I, I don't know. I guess you know, there's no nothing you know, biblical to back any of there's, that there's up. There's nothing right? that, you know, in, well, as far there, as... There's the verse that says to be absent from the body is to be with the to Lord. Be, is to be with the so Lord, right. you could heart stop, be technically dead and, and so right and it, we're essentially in that state all the time anyway because as we said before god's not temporal we are so we're with god right now too sort of right um that we're out of this somewhere else and yeah you could potentially experience some of that right and, and then even like in in hebrews it says that uh you know man is destined to die once and after that to face judgment and so that means that you know either way the bible also tells us that every single person that dies is going to be- come before the throne room judgment so every everybody's going to be most likely in heaven for a second even if you were an right. unbeliever yeah. because yeah. everybody that that's where the judgment happens is yeah. it is in heaven now there's also and I, you may remember or know I, I, i've read too much and it all blurs together um, there's the story of the man, the rich man who dies. He's in hell. He sure. Says, so the parable that Jesus, yeah, gives. let me yeah. go to my brothers and all this. I just, yeah. or and just, and that whole thing. And it's the way it said to him could be a mistranslation. Who knows? But the way it said to him is you're not allowed to, mm-hmm. it's not a, you can't, 
It's mm-hmm. not a, there's a barrier. It's, you don't have permission. Now, if you the- want to break permission, that's on your ass. Right. <laughs> you might get in major trouble, whatever that means. Well, but was, no, it's more of a you're you're locked here kind of thing. Mm-hmm. Like for for like you can't you can't go anywhere else. You're now and your your judgment. I mean, that's what's told to him is that your judgment has been finalized. Mm-hmm. That and so now that that's happened, you're set in stone here kind of thing. So what the what you're talking about though is the parable of of the rich man that Jesus gives, mm-hmm. and he's talking. Jesus is literally giving the example of how quick life is, you know, and he's he's talking about how there was a man who was poor his name was Lazarus and he sat at the rich man's gate and he would beg for the crumbs of food and the rich man would pass by him every single day and would give him nothing and one day both men die at the same time the rich man just fell ill and the poor man outside died of naturally just being homeless and the you know effects of life and Jesus is giving that example and saying look how fast even the rich man's life was taken away from him just like the beggar that was outside and it says that the beggar believed in the Lord mm-hmm. and he goes on to to be in Abraham's bosom at the time because Jesus hadn't died and Jesus is giving that example it says that he's with Abraham and it says there's a great chasm and the those that were in Abraham's bosom could even see hell it says that the rich man is there and Jesus is telling the story and the rich man is in all this pain and he looks up at Lazarus and remembers him because he, they can see each other, and he says, "Just give me a drop, right? A drop of water, just to cool an, anything tongue. to cool my tongue." And that's when they tell him, "No, your your judgment's been finalized." And that's when he even begs, "Well, let me at least warn my family." And yeah. no, there's no. And the drop of water going, was actually symbolic of the the water of life is salvation. Right, save me. This, yeah, yeah well, and, and yeah. so it's. Yeah, so it, so it all goes that. So what we see in that story is even Jesus showing the the real the realization of the finalization of what mm-hmm. happens when death happens. That there's your opportunity. You're done. And, and once, it, like like Hebrew says, all are destined to die once and to be judged once. Mm-hmm. And 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 that's the finalization of it. So that's even in that story we see Abraham's bosom. So that that's an interesting thing too because at that time before then. We see now there is some scholarly debate on this where King Saul goes to the witch of Endor, goes to her. He's hiding himself. She doesn't know who he is because witchcraft has been banned. And he says, summon Samuel for me because he needs life advice. He's getting ready to face the Philistines. And Samuel was like a, a mentor and he could hear from the Lord. And he didn't. Saul felt like he had no one else. And so he goes to this witch and tells her to summon you know Samuel and all of a sudden the witch even becomes horrified by seeing Samuel mm. when she summons him and she tells Saul you have deceived me you're the king and so Saul begins to talk to Samuel and Samuel says the why have you summoned me right mm-hmm. and uh why have you awakened me and um so at that time now whether you believe that and he and he then rebukes Saul and says that the Lord has already cast his judgment on you pretty much you're going to lose the fight everything else and so we have to it is at that point is that a demon or is that actually samuel who's Mm -hmm. being because at that time jesus had not set free the captives which is what the bible tells us happened when he died on the cross so when jesus dies on the cross not only did he forgive sins but it says that he took the keys to death hell and the grave and he released those that were captives and those that were believers and those that were in abraham's bosom at that time and they were all united in heaven together and not in this 
Now, because we like what, like I said, what we know is that Abraham's bosom was this paradise area that you could obviously see hell from. Mm-hmm. I mean, from from what Jesus's story tells us. So, Jesus was taking those that were there, those that were righteous and believing in God, because even like Abraham, even though Jesus wasn't, because now you know it's it's our faith in Jesus. But the Bible tells us, you know. Abraham was alive way before Jesus, and it says that it was accounted to Abraham as righteousness because of his obedience to the, to the Lord. So now Jesus takes those, and the Bible even tells us that the dead walked on the earth at that moment, that when they rose, it said that the bodies of the, the loved ones literally came out of the graves and, and went up. So uh, that would have been a crazy... I couldn't even imagine mm. something like that. That would have been insane. But yeah, so now... Post Jesus's death, that's why. So the scholarly debate of being was Samuel and actually was that actually Samuel or was that a demon? Because people just aren't sure or not. But most biblical scholars will one hundred percent tell you on a biblical standpoint that supernatural experiences are all demonic and angelic. Now, and it's now not. Was the a, advice good? Was the advice that Samuel? Well, no. So what Sam? So what Samuel tells him? I mean, it's just what he doesn't want to hear. That Samuel just tells him that yeah, the Lord's already cast his judgment on mm-hmm. you and which is what happens to mm-hmm. i mean to saul so um but yeah so there's a lot of supernatural stories like that of course and we know that the jews were very superstitious at that point as well when jesus um comes in th- through the through the room <laughs> we got the phone going off over here when when jesus comes back from the dead they, they believe he's a ghost no, i'm just pointing right? out that i've already drank mine and and you're still nursing yours like a freaking newborn's bottle look i got covid man leave me alone <laughs> he's trying to kill it off i told you to get your ass here today with your kung flu that this 133 proof horse shit would burn through your you and, and you number s- two these scaries aren't story at all they s- <laughs> see, yeah, you need to not drink they, that next one wrong. Uh, these, you're done wrong these scaries aren't story <laughs> i just thought of oh, all no i'm not i'm not, I'm, I'm not saying that i'm not saying that any of these stories are scary right now i'm just saying well, we were, we're, we're, we're just were talking about the existence stories no we're going to have scary stories right, no, jason, we're just talking about the existence of hey, the supernatural hey jason, turn right that light now. off over there for me that's leading into we we've only where are we still 11 minutes in the this podcast we're 25 Actually, in and not one scary story yet. we're now three minutes in you're going all backwards right. all right so we're, we'll go to scary stories then i've well, already said i've already given i got the, a feeling houston's going to crush this so let me get mine out of the way because they're they're not big and they're not go super ahead, scary yeah. i've only had a couple of situations and if you have insight to what it could be let me know when my first son was born all the way through my first three children, we had this rickety old wooden rocking chair that we would rock them to sleep in. And on three different occasions, I witnessed it, Nancy witnessed it, and my oldest daughter witnessed it. And none of us are making this shit up. In the middle of the night, we were awakened by the rocking chair rocking itself. Me, I'm skeptical. I don't really believe in ghosts. I don't believe in any of that shit. So I'm looking for, is there a draft? Is there an air conditioner vent pointing at it? Is there any possible scenario I could come up with absolutely nothing? Three different times this happened. One, I know it's not very exciting. That's all I got with that one. Number two, um, two of my four kids, and without either one of them really knowing the story at all, we would be we would be awakened in their, they would be in their cribs and they would be talking. We heard them in the monitor and it wasn't, Hey, get me out of the crib or I'm complaining or I'm hungry or I've just shit myself. <laughs> it was like conversation. Yeah. And when I, we walked into my oldest son having this conversation, he was maybe a year and a half, maybe two. 
And we asked him who he was talking to. And he was just sitting up, having a conversation, staring at the wall. And he was like, oh, I'm talking to Ho-Ho. Okay, what's Ho-Ho saying? And he would just mumble a couple of things. And, you know, he'd say, I was just talk, talking to Ho-Ho. And he'd come to talk to me. Okay, well, we went back to sleep. You know, week, two, month, I don't remember. We were awakened again by having this, this conversation, but we waited this time. He was literally having a conversation saying, oh, okay, yeah, yeah, okay, I do, yeah. Yeah, I'll kill sure. that first. <laughs> and then we went in there again. We was like, Tyler, who are you talking to? He said, Ho-Ho ho, came back to see me talking to Ho-Ho. Why you call him Ho-Ho? He got a he got white beard, long hair. Hmm. Like, okay, is he there now? He said, no, ho ho went bye bye. Okay, you, okay, he's creating some shit in his mind. Right. So you're telling well, me Santa Claus? A couple mm. years Santa later, Claus. my daughter wakes us up doing the same exact thing. And when we asked her, she said the same thing, same hmm. exact thing, hmm. same exact thing. So I thought that was a little bit bizarre, right? So we got a rocking chair three times, three different people rocking by itself. And I actually saw it. I'm sitting there looking at this rocking chair, rocking on its own, thinking, what in the holy shit's going on here? <laughs> ho-ho? <laughs> Is that you, ho-ho? And, uh, you know. Is that you, ho-ho? <laughs> we also live in, a, in an old, old house built in the early 1900s, you know, two-story rickety floors, you know. And there have been countless times where we've seen something move in the corner of your eye. You know that mm-hmm. kind of shit, right? Yeah. Now, it could be bullshit, could be mind playing tricks on you, but so is that kind of shit possible? It could ho-ho be an angel, a demon, or is it completely just my kids making this shit up off the top of their heads? <laughs> and if I've looked at every possibility as to how these chairs could be rocking itself, and it's only yeah. this one chair, that we've had literally since before our first kid was born and three people seen it. Mm. What the hell could that be? Right. Yeah. That's all I got. I know it sucks. But like I said before, I mean, in my opinion, yeah, it's 100% possible. It's just either one of those two things. Well, I don't think, right? and, and I so. would disagree with it. It doesn't suck. It's the hard part about stories like this is unless you're there in it, you can't feel it. So, and when I, when I talk about stuff that, that I'm going to talk about, I'm not going to try to like, turn it into the best story in the world. I'm just going to try to be fact. Like, this is what I experienced. If you're not there, it's like, yeah, dude, that was just such and such. Okay. Well then show up with me when this shit happens and let's see how your emotions handle it then. Because I've always had weird stuff happen. It was extremely intensified during my first marriage. I'll say because of what she brought to the table. Um, and now the hard part I'm going to have with this is I have to give it in a linear fashion because it's a long, story of things tied together that never seems to stop until I got out of that to a degree. Now I'll classify myself as, well, I'll say everybody's a receiver, okay. but we're not all receivers at this necessarily the same level. So we're all like radios where there's a station somewhere broadcasting something and different people have different skills of like in, biblically they talk about discernment. You know, right. that's one of the gifts 100%. that God gives you. I'm, I feel like I've got a huge amount of discernment. I can sit with somebody at a table and very quickly go, mm, this is where you're going to screw me over. Uh, not really liking this. Uh, you know, that, and now some people say, well, that's the trauma you've been through. Sure, it intensifies it and it causes me to know where, where to look on some things. But 
I mean, I can just walk into a room sometimes and go, that guy I'm not turning my back on. You know, it's just that kind of thing. <laughs> so the more I think you have that gift of discernment, the more you ha- are open to this sort of thing. And so for super, supernatural for me well, means something bigger than me. Well, the gift is actually technically called discerning of spirit. Yeah. Is, yeah, yeah, is yeah, the yeah, name of the gift, yeah, right? Yeah. yeah. But you have a spirit. Everybody has a spirit, right, whether it's yeah. in a physical that, that, body or well, not. That, well, that's what I'm saying. I mean, yeah. like discerning of spirits, that covers a, a whole, yeah, even it, people in themselves, not or just. Or something the, yeah. attached to a person, which I think can happen as oh, well. Oh, yeah, you got to sure, sip yeah. water in between yours. I'm over here <laughs> with just the freaking whiskey. Crying. Okay? Talking, talking about You're over there like sneaking sips of water. Hoping nobody saw that shit. That's some spirit in that glass right <laughs> yeah. there is what that is. We all had you up on this functional alcoholic pedestal. Look, for, and now you're over there like, God, I hope I, nobody busts me drinking this water <laughs> in between sips of this whiskey. He literally, he literally tried to turn his head to the side when he drank that water, too. He's like, he's got this big old two-liter water bottle over here. I don't want you to hear me like, glug, 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 oh my glug, glug. <laughs> sorry, well, sorry, sorry. For me, with, with the receptor idea... Because I'm aware for myself that I am a receiver, it's much like an old-fashioned radio with a knob, that there's a station here. I can tune it in a little bit by focusing, and the signal could get stronger. Now, I'm not like out here saying, oh, my God, I'm walking to the house divining, like, oh, my, there's somebody died right here. None of that. It's just when I'm alone and quiet, I can open myself up more in how I start to think and allow myself. I have to walk around with freaking barriers around me all the time sometimes not ghosts but people because mm-hmm. i will pick up somebody's shit their energy and i suddenly start acting like them I'm, i mirror people too quickly sometimes so it's i have to be on guard all the time and as a kid the house that my parents bought it was built in the you know early 60s um not on indian burial ground or any bullshit like that it was just in, in a downtown uh, somebody did die in the house and i found that out years later uh, and it was described to me, and I thought, well, that's weird because I can remember being in the kitchen at seven years old and just getting a snack before I go to bed. And out of the corner of my eye, I can see somebody leaning over the dining room table trying to, like, pull a chain on a light over the table to turn it on. And I would turn, like, freaking out, and there's nobody there. But I could look forward, and out of my peripheral see it mm-hmm. and not like and repeat the process. Not like you see it once and you jump and you think, oh, that's just some shit that float by the floater right. in my eyeball right no it's like i turn back over here look forward peripheral vision to the right that sh- that asshole still standing there trying to turn that light on <laughs> look at him he's gone shift back oh shit he's still there that that would freak me out so i'd have to turn it off well then my dad became a preacher in 72 officially ordained and we had uh three bedrooms in the house but a very small house well he turned one of the bedrooms into his office and then me and my sisters all had bunk beds in the middle bedroom, which is fine with me because growing up, I was a scared little kid. I mean, I was always just scared. Nothing concrete, though. Well, years later, that office room became my bedroom as I turned into a teenager and needed my privacy and all that stuff. Use your imagination. And I couldn't sleep in there. I'd start dozing off, and I would hear my name said. Now, I'm in the room with the door closed. I'm like jerking awake. It'd be 92 degrees outside in the summer, and I'm laying there. I have to have blankets on me to cover up because something's going. I felt like something was in the room with me. So I finally go to mom and dad. I'm like, I'm freaking out in this room. It's always hot in there. I mean, it can be wintertime, and it's like I'm sweating in this mm-hmm. room. And dad's like, well, that's my fault. What? Yeah. Well, I was in there one night, 
and I was sitting at my desk and all everybody was asleep. He would study at night, usually on Fridays and Saturdays before church on Sunday for the sermon. And he said, God, I need to experience Satan to know what I'm up against. And so I prayed to God. Oh, good. I'm like, <laughs> and he said, I was sitting there at my desk and he said, and now, now my dad went to two tours of Vietnam, hard ass. He's seen it all. Mm-hmm. And he said, I broke down the floor, fell on my knees, bawling like a baby, crying for the God to get this away from me. He said, it was behind me, physically behind me. I felt it. I'm getting ghost books now. And I didn't even put him there. Yeah. And he said, and the Lord took him from me. <laughs> you know, he got it out of the room. He said, but I didn't know how to clean it afterwards. So I essentially invited something in, but mm-hmm. didn't close the door. Yeah. And so we went through the house and went through a, you know, basically a ritual of cleansing the house. I need an old priest and a young priest. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> you know, and, and it would, it would be okay for a seven while. Seven bottles of water. Yeah. <laughs> and it would be okay for a while, but then you forget about it. And you can, if you invite it back in, it just keeps coming back in. It's not a permanent thing. So when you, like when you cleanse the house, you have to believe it. That's where your faith kicks in. Mm-hmm. Well, the minute you drop that or you do something that can bring that influence back in, then you basically have to keep a process of rinse and repeat, rinse and repeat. Your clothes will get dirty if you wear them. If you leave them in the drawer, they don't. Well, your house is something you wear. If you keep dragging crap in here, it's just going to stay dirty. So I moved out of that house and moved in, went to college and all that, and then lived with my granddad for a while. Uh, my grandmother passed. It was just him by himself. So we just did you know, the odd couple. I'm 22. He's 78, and we're just bachelors in a house and right. you know all this. And the house was large, a big ranch house, probably about 3,500, 4,000 square feet. It's just us two dudes in there doing our thing. And it was always just extremely neutral. Like you never felt anything in the house that was like, ugh. Well, then I started dating my first wife. And then she would come over and she would stay in one of the bedrooms. I'd stay in the other. That was granddad's rule. And you follow granddad's rule because he'd just like straighten you out about it. And so after about a couple of months, she started going, feels kind of weird here. you know. And she was always describing herself as being very open to stuff. And this is before any of the craziness kicked in. Well, she was living in a house in Gastonia mm-hmm. that her cousin was renting. Now, this was a huge house. This house is like 10,000 square feet two floors with a full basement and all this. And this family in Gastonia had owned the house and they owned a lot of property downtown. The parents had died and the kids owned it. Um, and one kind of managed it and rented it out, all this crazy stuff. And so sometimes I'd go stay with her. She'd come stay with us, et cetera. Well, when they, she first moved into that house, I used to get off work, get down there. She was in school at the time. So she would be a little later. She might get there at six. So I'd be in the house. I'm just sitting there chilling, watching television. The house felt like, extremely open and warming, like, welcome here, you know, that kind of thing. You don't feel spooked out or anything. And for a big house, I'm not big on big spaces. I want where I can see everything. Mm -hmm. My paranoia kicks in. So she hadn't got home yet. (laughs) And I'm sitting there like, okay, I'm going to start dinner soon. And I'm just watching television. There's one little wood uh, pine paneled room with the TV and all that, just watching Star Trek or some stupid thing. And I'm just sitting there and this door goes and just opens into the hallway and I'm like okay well that shit just happened so I go walking out there I'm looking in the hall nothing close the door sit back down at this point I'm going no not a fan of this yeah okay she'll be here in 10 minutes she'll save me Uh, you know because it's always better to do it together not by yourself sit back down about 10 minutes go by door opens again I'm like okay now I pull a rob because that's my first thing too is 
what's going on that could cause this? Yeah. Well, there's no air conditioning running. There's the, I also didn't have air conditioning. Uh, there's no wind. There's no doors opening. There's no drafting. There's no... I mean, and I don't mean the door like moves a half inch or wiggles. I mean the door goes full on open. So you're at first you're thinking, okay, we just, it wasn't latched properly. Yeah, so you, you, you try to apply yeah, logic. Yeah, the well, then time. the second time I'm going, okay, scientific method. Okay, I'm still not seeing what could do this. So at this point, I'm just like, we're just going to leave the fucking door open because whoever this is wants the damn door open. So I'm just going to leave it open and then nothing else happened. Yeah. So then she gets there, usual night and all that. So have dinner and over the next six months, it starts to intensify more and more and more. Well, I'm not there every night. She's not in Lincoln with me and granddad every night. So we talk pretty much every night. And this is back where you had like an actual telephone with a right. wire to it and oh, yeah. you know, connected to the wall. And I'd be sitting there talking to her. She's like, hang on a second. Do you hear that? And you'd hear doors upstairs closing in the house over the phone. Oh, shit. And she's like, oh, shit. And I'm like, get in the car and just come up here. Yeah. You know. Well, she was in a spot where we weren't married. She can't live with me. That because yeah. granddad's like, no, that's not how this works. We're talking marriage. We haven't set a date or anything. She's nowhere near acting like an insane person. And so she felt trapped there. Like, I don't have anywhere to go. I can't move back with my parents. I can't do this. I've got to be here close to go and finish up nursing school and all that stuff. And so she started having experiences, but wouldn't tell me because it was freaking her out if she acknowledged it and I didn't I couldn't fix it or anything so time goes on time goes on <laughs> we get to the point where it's one and I'm there's a I'm skipping a whole bunch of stories in there because it just let's just say stuff started happening on a regular basis right in front of you oh shit I mean like you'd be standing in the kitchen and we didn't have any money so pretty much it's pretty much you're, you're doing what you're doing at the house yeah you know you may occasionally go to the movie maybe you run to the mall so but there's not a lot going on you're eating ramen noodles you're yeah exactly and so you'd be in the kitchen and just you'd set something here and you turn back and it's not there anymore. It's over there. And you're like, maybe I'm just losing. I've, maybe I just didn't think about it. Yeah. And then you moved it back. Well, then we around a Thanksgiving time, we have all of our her parents, my parents over and we have dinner. Well, the, the house had a full basement. Well, in the basement was where the washer and dryer was. It was already you could go down there in the daytime and it was already spooky. spooky. I mean, yeah. it's just nasty, you know. So she goes down there at some point. And she's doing laundry and she comes flying upstairs and she's like, something was behind me. I'm like, okay, well let's go down there. Maybe some homeless dudes living in the house. Right. We go down there, nothing. So, but then what would happen is something would happen to one person, but not the other, almost like it wanted to create friction, uh, confusion or friction or doubt or something. And then I'd be having something happen to me. And she's like, I didn't experience it at all. Mm -hmm. So it's rarely like together. So we have everybody over for a, essentially like a Thanksgiving thing. Um, Dad walks up to the door off the kitchen, going to the basement. He's like, what's in here? So that goes to the basement. He goes, yeah, don't open that door. <laughs> Once again, Army vet. Yeah, right. Vietnam, two tours. Saw a whole bunch of crap. Yeah. <laughs> and he's like, I will not be going in that in that basement. There's some bad like, shit down there. Okay, let's not talk about that. How about some green beans? Yeah, you know, let's go over <laughs> here and sit down and eat. So they leave. We're looking at each other, and, and I'm not going to get into my wife's name or ex-wife's name or anything like that, but let's just say we're looking at each other, and we're just like wanting to talk about it, but not quite because we don't freak her out because she'll be there by herself still. And if I acknowledge it, and it gets kind of, you know, it intensifies it. So there comes a point where 
she starts investigating the house. And some people up the street knew the family. And they're like, oh, well, they evidently had a room upstairs. And they were extremely orthodox, such and such, such and such. And if you go to the front of the house, there's a small room that's like a six by four area. And if you look in the corner and you scratch the paint, it was painted this really dark blood red. Oh. And that was evidently their prayer room for whatever. And the dad was a big wig in Gastonia and owned all this property. And he was like really high in the Masonic Lodge and this, this, this. Well, then my ex finds all these Masonic clothes and sashes and sword down in the basement. Why are you rummage around in the basement if you're scared? <laughs> I don't know. You know, not me. I'm yeah. not doing it. I'm just right. going to stay in my little room where nothing happens. And... It starts to get more and more intense. So, like the more we find out about stuff, the more the worse it gets. So then, one weekend, and I'll say just this like, is the weekend we just left like a the house. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> the more you drink, the worse it gets. So this is the weekend we left the house. All right. So it's a Saturday night. We have friends over, a, a married couple, and we hadn't seen them in a while, but everybody knew everybody. They come over for dinner. We go somewhere movie or coffee we come back and we get there now it's winter time and this house is so huge and it had this giant boiler downstairs and was steam heat and all that and the boiler wasn't working right so we just had kerosene heaters and we'd move them from room to room as we needed to and just heat the room you're in mm -hmm. well the bedroom upstairs <clears throat> we just left a kerosene heater up there and we had one downstairs so the one on the first floor we'd move around the one up there just stayed in that bedroom so 20 minutes before you go to bed you go up there and kick it on to warm the room up and it's ready when you go to bed. So our friends are down there. And we're all just sitting in the little TV room and we're just talking. And my ex goes upstairs to turn on the kerosene heater and probably go to the restroom. She comes walking downstairs looking white as a sheet. And she's like, will you go look at the kerosene heater? Okay. Mm -hmm. So I go up. I'm thinking she'd had a hard time lighting it or something because she had to manually light this one with a match. Yeah. So I go up there and I'm doing my usual click, 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 click. And... I can't get it to light. Well, then I'm looking at it and it's like, it doesn't even look like the wick has ever even been burnt. I mean, it just looks like brand new. It's just something mechanically wasn't working was what I was thinking. So I'm in this bedroom that's um, 15 by 15 kind of size room. And it was attached to a bathroom that was a Jack and Jill to the other bedroom. So it was the, the kid's room. There was the master bedroom across the hall where the mom had actually died in that room. And I think the dad did too or something like that. That was what we were told later. <laughs> so... I'm sitting there, and I hear somebody walk up behind me. So I'm thinking it's my ex, mm -hmm. and I'm turning around. Nobody there. I mean, I mean, full-on footsteps, footsteps on a wooden floor walking up behind me, and I'm like, ain't nobody there. Like, okay, time for me to go downstairs. <laughs> so I, you know, without running. Like, yeah, he just broke. <laughs> it just broke. You know, so I'm just going to go downstairs. And I walk in. I was like, I can't get the light either. It's really weird. Did anybody come upstairs? No. Okay. Why do you ask? Nothing. You heard footsteps, didn't you? It's like, yeah, it's got a little weird. You yeah. know, she's like, me too. Is that about walking up by me? Blah, blah. And she's, now she starts freaking out. So our friends go, well, it's getting late. <laughs> you know, we need to go. Right. And so we're standing there in this room. Now, the bedroom that we were going to sleep in was right above the room we're in. Hmm. We hear the sound of like my, my tactical boots walking across the floor going, boom, 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 boom. My friend who I grew up with. He looks at me and goes, you've got a homeless person living in here. He's been hiding. That's what's going on. Sounds logical. We go upstairs. We're now SWAT team searching the house. Right. Nothing. Well, then there's this pull down hidden ladder to get to the attic. Oh, shit. And so we 
pull that down. Now, the problem with the attic is there's no light switch. You got to walk into the dark attic and pull a string to pull the light bulb on, you know, because yeah. that's not a horror movie waiting to happen where you walk up and your head gets chopped off right and you get to the top of the steps. <laughs> right. So I'm like, I guess I'm the asshole who's got to walk in up the there. corner up there with a knife. <laughs> yeah, exactly. yeah, go ahead. Peek yeah. up here, buddy. <laughs> so we pull the ladder down. I find my courage, go up there. And we're, now we're all four looking through this house like there's somebody in this house. Mm-hmm. Nothing, nothing, nothing. It's like, okay, I, all right, well, thanks, guys. It's 1230. Go on and get out of here. It's, it's getting late. At this point, I'm just like, I just want to go to sleep. Yeah. So they leave. We clean up a little bit. We head upstairs to go to bed. We're looking at each other like something's not quite right. Well, my ex decides she needs to go to the basement to get the laundry switched over and bring up some because she didn't want to sour mm-hmm. in the washing machine. Now, that's three floors down. So okay. you're on the top floor, first floor, or you know, yeah. you, not necessarily three, but you get my point. Well, that distance in this house, I wouldn't hear her if she got shot. I mean, it was like too far away. She comes flying up the stairs angry. And she's holding a basket of laundry. She throws it on the floor. I am so sick. And she just lets everything out. So she starts telling me all these things that have happened. Doors opening and closing in front of her. Stuff disappearing in the house. Things walking up and pulling the sheets off of her when she's sleeping at night. You Just stuff like that. And I'm like, well, I've had some similar things. Not that intense, but I'm not there by myself like she was. So we're sitting here now. Once again, where this bedroom is, we're over the TV room. And the other half is over the breakfast nook area in the kitchen. Well, when we had... We had eating there at the house so we'd cook dinner so we had dishes piled up in the drainer because you know we don't have fancy stuff like dishwashers we actually wash them by hand caleb i don't know if you know how that works you don't remember that you remember that i had to do that in my apartment okay good yeah so i'm hearing what sounds like a um a cooking pan think Mm -hmm. like 14 by 20 inch metal cookie sheet yeah being slammed on the counters in the kitchen essentially right below us and to the left I'm like, what the hell's that noise? I mean, I picture a piece of metal getting slammed on a counter and the sound that would make. I'm like, somebody's in the house. So we both go down there thinking the kitchen had just like turned over because we've seen stuff move. We've seen stuff, to, you know, not be where it's supposed to be. And and there was a cookie pan that, that had the salmon on that was propped up, expecting that to be all beat all to hell. And throw, No, everything's right where it's supposed to be. I'm like, well, what the hell is that noise? And it was in the house. This is not a muted outside street noise thing right i'm looking at her she's like i don't know but i'm just sick of this i'm just sick of this so we go upstairs let's just go to bed let's just chill so we get upstairs and we're trying to like calm down so it's like turn the tv on doors closed trying to heat the room up because we finally got that thing lit and we hear the steps walk up to the door like to the bedroom Mm -hmm. at this point she goes i can't stay here anymore i'm like all right let's get out of the house we'll get in the car we'll go to my mom and dad's we'll tell them They'll laugh at us. They're not going to laugh at us. Mm-hmm. We, we, they're not going to laugh at us. It's fine. You know, because biblical dad's going to be like, no, there's demons all over the place. What are you, crazy? Of course yeah. they are. <laughs> so at this point, the rest of the house is, is dark. And we're in the only room in the house with a light on. And I'm like, okay, I'm going to open this door. You're going to go across the landing at the top of the stairs. And you're going to turn that light on, which turn, or throw that switch, which turns the lights on in the main area downstairs, I'm going to then turn this on because we're scared to death worrying about this lady's house and a light being left on, right? Because right. that's how we're programmed. We don't want to inconvenience her in the middle of our fear of leaving the Amityville Horror House. Yeah. So she does that, and we're now uh, uh, leapfrogging each other through the house, turning lights on. And we get out of the house, lock the door, 
get in this little beat up truck that I had at that time. We drive an hour to my mom and dad's house. And now we're getting there like three 30 in the morning mm-hmm. and we're knocking on the door and they're like, you okay? And it's like, so we start explaining that dad's like, yep, that's some crazy stuff. Yeah. Happened. Yep. I've seen it. Yep. Oh yeah. Yeah. That's why I won't go in that basement. Nope. I don't know how you live there this long. Blah, blah, blah. So he's unloading. Like you should have been out there a long time and all that. Well, we didn't have options, blah, blah, blah. <laughs> so that was on a Saturday. So we went to church, thought, all right, after church, we're going to go there get my ex enough essentials and it's the middle of the day. Come on. It's a Sunday at two mm-hmm. o'clock. Right. We'll get enough essentials to her to basically come and live with granddaddy and I, because we're planning to get married the following May. This is around, you know, November ish or something. It might've even been January at this point. So we'll get enough clothes and stuff like that, that she can just live with us. Granddaddy's not, we'll just explain. She'll stay in this room. We'll be very respectful and all that. And he loved her anyway. I mean, he was like, why didn't she move in now? He, she makes me food and cleans the house. So it's <laughs> a win-win for him. So we had a plan. Um, we drive all the way back to Gastonia. So we're at an hour long white knuckle in it. Like, what are we going to walk into? Cause your imagination starts running with you. And mm-hmm. I'm trying to not let my imagination run with me. Cause I got to man up. We got to go in this house. I got to protect this person, all this. So we get to the house and there was this covered porch that was screened in door into the breakfast nook kitchen area and it's like all right we're here and it's barely raining we're going to walk up the steps i'm gonna put the key in the lock we're going to turn that key we're going to walk in and we're going to stop there for a second and we had if i'm remembering right we'd already had like bags of clothes or something because she was trying to like get stuff together that night uh and she said i'm just gonna go upstairs and get my stuff out of the uh, the bathroom this is this i just need these bags of stuff right Okay, so I walk up, key in the door. You ready? Yep, I'm ready. Okay. I open the door. I step in to just this 1954-style kitchen with white cabinets and silver pulls. And, yeah, it just looked like, you know, you're stepping into an old movie, which it looked clean. Sun's coming in the windows, even though it's raining over here. And it just looks real warm and opening, almost like the house is saying, sorry, I screwed up last night. (laughs) You know, and it's like the abuser who's... Oh, here's some flowers. I'll never do it again, you yeah. know. And I'm like, let's just feel. Why is, is the house suddenly feeling like it wants me here? My ex walks in, immediately drops to the floor on her knees with her hands over her ears, screaming, "Tell it to stop!" And she's describing to me like somebody's screaming in her ears, and she says it sounded like a lion or a bear type noise, this huge growl. Well, I reached down and grab her by the collar, and I'm just backing out of the house, pulling her with me, get her in the truck. She's hysterical, like something's literally been screaming. I didn't hear shit. Hmm. And I'm like, her clothes are still in the house. I got to walk my ass up these steps again. I'm walking this damn house by myself. Get this stuff. <laughs> I got to go through the conjuring house again just to get this stuff. Yeah. <laughs> so when you see me about to lift heavy weights, you know, I zone my eyes out for a second. I focus. I'm basically doing the same thing in this stupid little truck yeah. going... Yeah. I gotta walk my ass back in that house again. So I muster up my courage. I'm the man, right? Uh, I gotta go. Gotta take care of stuff. So I go walking up there and I get to the door. Now it's not locked at this point. In fact, my keys are still in the door because I'm just gonna leave them there. And so I walk up. The door's closed. Put my hand on the knob. I'm like, all right, I'm just gonna think through the problem. Go Taoist. I'm gonna think through it. Okay, you're gonna open the door. You're gonna grab the bags, pull them out, close the door, lock the door. Okay, you're gonna open the door, grab the bag. You play it through your head a couple times. And so I throw the door open, I grab the bags, and I stop. And I just stand up. I'm like, yell at me. Mm-hmm. Yell at me. 
So I go walking through the house, yell at me. Where are you at? Where are you at? Yell at me. Nothing. Nothing. So, so I grab the bags. You're, and I try, go, so you're trying to pick a fight with I'm the provoke, Yeah, I'm, Yeah, <laughs> exactly. So I'm trying to provoke it. Like, you're not doing this to me. Why not now? You've done other stuff to me, but you're not doing this. Or are you trying to wedge us against each other? Mm-hmm. And so I just grab the bags, close the door, lock it. Like, fuck you. Get in the truck. We go to granddad's house, go through the whole thing. He's like, yeah, of course you can move in here. No big deal, blah, blah, blah. So we go through like five months, and then we finally get married. Well, the rest of her stuff's still in the house. Mm-hmm. So she called the lady who owned it. Now, we can't get into this whole what's been happening, but she can't evidently keep anybody in this house. Oh. So we coordinate with her to be there on the, uh, like two Saturdays later to move the rest of the furniture out because she wants to make sure that we don't take any of her stuff because she got some antiques and stuff. Whatever, lady. I just need to clear the doors up. So we bring a few other friends over there so we can just all pick up truck it out of there really quick. So we get there. And we're about finished, and I'm upstairs just doing a walkthrough, making sure. I'm looking at her like, is there anything else? If, are you good? You know, if we leave now, are you satisfied we didn't take any of your stuff? I mean, am I having that kind of a blunt? Mm-hmm. Like, are you comfortable? Uh, she goes, yeah, we'll be fine. Well, she said we'll, and it triggered me. And in my head, I'm going, we'll who? Who's, what do you mean, like, we'll, like, we, like, multiple, yeah. like, plural? And I went, we'll be fine? She goes, never mind. I'm like, well, uh, I've seen some shit in this house. Stuff's been <laughs> happening to me and us. Uh, so I don't wish you any ill will, but you know, good luck. And if you're not living here and if you don't understand what's going on, shit's just weird in this house. I'm just going to leave it at that. And so I walk outside to the little porch that's screened in and she closes the door and she's like, have a good day and all that. I'm standing on the porch, screening porch, with the door into the little breakfast nookie kitchen area behind me. She's having a conversation. There's nobody in the house. She's like, you've done ran off another one. And she's going through the kitchen, stomping like mad, lecturing whoever this, whatever she's talking to. She goes, you've done ran off another one. I can't keep anybody's house. The last guy died. Then she's leaving out and talking about my ex's cousin mm-hmm. who passed away, not in the house, but... That's how the transition happened of her, of my ex becoming the one renting the house because they were living there at the same time for a little period of time. And then he passed away. <laughs> and so she's lecturing him. I'm like, I'm out of here because I don't know what she's talking to right now. <laughs> so we get, everybody loads up. And I, I, I don't even think I ever told my ex that, you know, so we leave, go to granddad's house. Well, then for the longest time, my ex, it's like something became attached to her because now stuff starts happening at granddad's house. Oh, shit. Now, granddad's not experiencing because granddad, I mean, he went through World War II. He's a man's man. He just kind of goes, meh, whatever. I'm, I'm 83 years old. I don't care. And just stuff happens, but it wasn't major like that house. So then we end up leaving there. My granddad passes away. We live there about another year. Finally, decided the family decides to put the house on the market. So we're moving out. We move to the Bethlehem area. And if you make a left on Hubbard Road, there's a little red A-frame on the left down there going you know, once you pass the gym we used to go to, mm-hmm. you turn on to Rink Dam, yeah. you cross the weird little intersection, the little A-frame. Well, it's near the graveyard. So we rented that house for about three or four years. And so we're in there. My ex is starting to get weirder and weirder at this point. She's seeing more. She's experiencing more. She starts drinking a little bit at this point. So we're upstairs in this A-frame at one point, and there's this one little small window that looks out over the graveyard. Now, the graveyard's not next door. It's like 
two houses away, but you can see it line of sight. And because of the way the slope of the land is, the graveyard's almost like at eye level at that point. Mm-hmm. Just stand up there one night, I get home. You go through my usual routine to put my stuff down, kind of veg out, eat dinner, watch a little television. She's upstairs just looking at that window, just standing there looking out the window. I'm not thinking anything about it. Cats are standing there because she loves cats. And she goes, come here, I'll show you something. And I walk up there, she goes, you see that third grave from the left kind of thing? I don't remember exactly, but that yeah. kind of description is like, uh, the one with, yeah. What about it? Look at him. What are you talking about? The dude that's halfway out of the ground waving his arms screaming, get me out of here. I'm like, what are you talking about? I, I, what, what are you, excuse me? I'm not looking like, is there a, a dude out there like digging a hole to bury somebody tomorrow? And he, right. I mean, No, she's talking about like a dead person <laughs> at the waist <laughs> up sticking out of the ground waving her arms. And that's when you started drinking. And that's when I started drinking. <laughs> so at this point, I'm going, I'm like five or six years into this marriage and I'm like, Okay, I'm going to go with schizophrenia, something. Yeah, something's not quite right. And now the drinking gets heavier and heavier. Well, then, now this goes back to something. I'm, now, I didn't experience what she was experiencing, but to her it was real. So then, in the same A-frame house, so it's ground floor with one bedroom, a bath, and then like a half a floor that looks out over the rest of the house. So it's really almost like a studio apartment that's two floors. Right. And there's a little bathroom up there. Well, we slept up there. And I liked it better because it felt protected. Like they, somebody's got to come up the steps to get to me and I'll have more yeah. warning. Well, we're sitting up there one night and we'd just gotten this radio. Now, I don't mean like a radio like Caleb once again is probably thinking. I'm talking like the one that will you oh. can load 12 CDs in it and it's got two cassettes oh, I thought you and got a, a record boom, player. Did you get a boombox? Yeah, it's almost like a boombox <laughs> that you can't carry around in the speakers. And we just put that in the, in the living room um, maybe a month before. So it's 1 or 2 o'clock in the morning. And we're sitting there asleep. I don't know, we'll call it a Thursday. The radio kicks on at the, whatever volume it was set to on the station that it was set to last time we used it. Mm-hmm. Well, like Kiss FM, blah, blah, blah. The song immediately starts playing. You jerk awake out of that going, what the hell? Right. I'm like, why is the radio on? Is there a remote up here? Do we roll over on the remote? What, what's going on? Well, the remote's down there on the radio. So I go downstairs. I'm thinking, okay, well, somebody's driving by with some sort of infrared that hit it and was the same frequency and turned it on. So I turn off the radio, go back upstairs, lay down. She's now going, it's a ghost. I'm like, I'm not getting that conversation. It's two o'clock in the morning. I just want to go back to sleep. I got enough stress at work. You know, don't need more. Maybe five minutes goes by radio comes back on. Okay. Back downstairs. Turn it off. now. But now if I turn the volume all the way down. In case it comes back on, yeah. at least the volume won't be up. Right. So I turn the volume all the way down, turn it off. Go back upstairs. Five, ten minutes later, laying there, just you go off sleep. Radio kicks on. I went, ha-ha, gotcha. Volume's down. <laughs> you can just stay on as far as I care. Volume goes by itself. Now, at this point, I've got the remote upstairs with me with the batteries out of it. Wow. And I'm like, okay, now you're fucking with me. So I go downstairs, unplug it from the wall, okay, and go yeah. to bed. Nothing else happened. Okay. So evidently the ghost is strong enough to turn the knob, <laughs> but, but no. can't plug it into the wall. And then we bought the house that I have now in Hickory, and we get there. And I can name four or five times where I'd be at work, because at that time, you know, it's not the COVID time, so you're working a usual eight to five kind of thing. Mm-hmm. And I'd get a call at 10 o'clock in the morning, and she'd just be on the phone going, 
he's in, there's somebody in the house, there's somebody in the house. And I'd fly home and I'm like looking for a bat or some sort of weapon. Like, what are you talking about? And she would wake up and see somebody at the foot of her bed holding her down. And she called it the shadow man. And so she would see like this shadowy dark shape in the house all the time. And now the drinking really starts to kick in. And now my brain's going, I don't know what this is. And I'm thinking the drinking is self-medicating or who knows. Right. But I'm not experiencing too much, but I'm shutting myself down so much. So then I'd have periods of time where she'd be asleep that I'd just go sit in the living room quietly and just start opening myself up. I don't, you'll either know what that means you won't, but I'll just allow the, the protection in my mind to slip away and start feeling things. I go, Oh, that part of the house is weird. And, uh, what, uh, what is that? And you just start getting the sense of stuff. You can't label it or name it or anything. You just go, Ugh, that I got to cleanse the house. I got to do this. So I'd have these periods of time where I cleanse the house and it'd be fine. And she'd be calm for a bit. And I don't tell her I cleanse the house cause that'll taint it. Mm-hmm. So I would just say, you know, I know that I cleanse the house. She would calm down for two weeks and then it would start up again. So that's my question. So you yeah. think the stuff that you think you saw in the first house, do you think yeah, that's attached to her? Right. That's what I'm saying. It's attached yeah. to her. But do you think that you opened yourself up to see that? Or do you think because of her schizophrenia that you just kind of fed into it? All of the above. Okay. Uh, there, I don't have enough of anything to be able to say definitively what it is. And I just have to think it could be this and this and this, because I still have an analytical mind. of right. I want to solve the problem, but I don't have anything you know, concrete with it. Mm-hmm. Well, then she'd go to the office and she'd see, well, Shadow Man was here. At your office. At my office. <laughs> well, then, then it's like she's seen it everywhere. She'd go see a friend and she'd like, there was this hovering thing attached to the my friend's back. That yeah, was so, all, so it was something you know, latched to her then. That's yeah, then this, yeah. She's carrying it with her. Right. Well, then when we split up and it took me like three times over the course of a year and a half to like finally get to the point it's like, I can't do this anymore. And my therapist is like, dude, she's got some problems. We've diagnosed this and she just won't cooperate and we're afraid she's going to stab you in your sleep like literally (laughs) now this is a biblical based you know marriage counselor going i don't believe in divorce per se (laughs) but i'm asking you to leave (laughs) you know and so we end up splitting off from that and it took like five years to finally unwrap all that and get away Uh, and i live in that house now now when i first bought the house and moved in i had to do a lot of remodeling I never experienced what she was experiencing, but there was one time I was in the kitchen, I was doing dishes at the sink, and to the left, you go into a little sunroom that's not a screen in porch or anything, it's an actual room, we call it the, just the sunroom, and it goes, then that connects to the garage. So it's a straight line aside to the garage. Well, there was a door, uh, like an exterior gray door between the kitchen and that sunroom. Uh, and at this point, that sunroom wasn't heated or, or climate controlled or anything, so that was the purpose of that door, but I was putting in a new HVAC system and we had that room air conditioner at that point. So I'd planned on taking the door down, but just hadn't done it yet. Well, the door was one of those uh, doors that's wood solid four panel at the bottom or two panel at the bottom, whatever it is. And then window panes at the top. Well, at night when the sunroom's dark because there's no lights on and the kitchen lights are on, it turns into a mirror, right? Like any glass would when yeah. it's dark behind it. So I'm sitting there at the sink doing dishes or whatever. And this is at the time me and my ex are together. And out of the corner of my eye, looking to the left, I see a woman's reflection in the door. Like 5'11", 70, 80 years old, oh, looking at me. So she's not hot. Mm, no. <laughs> Might have been, but not today. Now, she doesn't look disfigured. She doesn't look particularly scary. It's just there's a woman in like this little ditzy flowery dress, yeah, almost like a summer dress, 
reflection looking at me. Now, I'm like I'm looking at Rob right now straight on, so I'm seeing this out of the left of my peripheral. So I turn and look. It don't go away like the when I was a kid. And I'm like, okay. Well, I'm seeing her enough that I can memorize what she looks like. And then I turn back and I look back and she's gone. Well, then our neighbors, we got to know them really well. And so they're telling me the lady who had uh, had the house, we were the third family to have the house. The first family built it. Then another family bought it in the 60s and they lived there. And then the, the father died and the mom lived there by herself and all that. And I said, well, I'm going to describe a lady to you. And I described this person I saw. And they go, oh, that's Miss Murdy. Yeah. How did you know what she looked like? Because I saw her in the freaking kitchen. <laughs> and they're like, oh, you saw her too? Bitches in my sunroom. That's why. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> she and won't the, get out of my house. Yeah. She's not paying any rent. I'm tired yeah. of it. <laughs> so in the sunroom, they had replaced all the windows and everything. And that's where she had the television. And that's where she spent most of her time. So she, I mean, it's a, it's a fairly big house. It's, uh, by the time we've done everything we've done now, it's like 3,000 square feet. But at the time, it was probably about 2,000 square feet of live, livable space. Well, she's a little 93-year-old. Well, she ain't little. Evidently, she's 5'10 and you know, 93 years old and real thin. Not like scary thin, like poltergeist movie stuff, but you know, older lady. Mm -hmm. Well, she would just spend her time sunroom, kitchen, hall, bathroom, master bedroom. That's just the rest of the house. She just never really went in because there's no need to. And as I'm describing this, they're like, oh, yeah, that's Miss Murdy. She used to bring us tomatoes. She's really nice and everything. I, I've never felt like anything malicious in the house I'm in. But there's been times I'm like, yeah, I don't feel alone right now. I'm just going <laughs> to shut this shit down real quick because I don't want to interact with any of this stuff. And yeah. I've had times where I've had to go through and felt like I've had to cleanse the house. Like when I'm in a bad place or the family's just generally mm -hmm. tense, I'll go ahead and, and, and cleanse and anoint the house. And that works for a while. And then it'll slowly wear off and do it again. Right. So. Damn! Dang! That was that was that lot, was intense. A lot of stuff in there, and and that's not all of it. That's just the how much time I, do we have? Because I had a really short one, but I don't know how much time. I, we I got one shorter than yours. So my only ghost story uh, actually goes way back to like episode nine. When we were sitting here and Rob saw a snake in the floor. <laughs> <laughs> but it was actually just a cable and not a snake. I think we were drinking the same thing we're drinking yeah, now. Yeah. <laughs> Rob, said, is, Rob said, is there any story scaries that we can tell? Yeah. Oh, there's a snake in the floor. <laughs> okay, so, go ahead with you. I, I mean, so I, I'll tell one that I think is a pretty creepy one that usually gives me goosebumps. That mm. was one that my granddad experienced. And then I'll say one that I experienced. Mm. So my granddad was a like pastor up in Virginia. He planted about 15 churches, ran a food pantry, everything like that. And um, so he, he was very heavily involved in church and, and different things. And he worked also to, he didn't really didn't make any money off the ministry. He made a living off of like drilling holes for like just different projects or whatever else. So they drive this big truck with a huge drill on the back of it. Him and his, this guy, they placed him with his partner and they're driving down the road one night because I can't remember where they're going to, but they have to drive all through the night to make sure they're there for the job in the morning. And as they're on the road, they're dr my granddad's driving, and my granddad had been in, um, he was in Bay of Pigs in Cuba during Vietnam, all that stuff. And so he, I mean, tough dude. And they're driving down the road, and all of a sudden, it's like 2.30 in the morning, and they see this guy on the side of the road who has like pink skin. He's mm -hmm. wearing a full suit, and has like they said like looked like a pig like pink skin mm. 
and he said they just looked at each other and they said Carl the heck was that yeah they were like <laughs> and, they, and the other guy said oh you saw that too like we both saw that like because they like both of them thought they were just seeing stuff at first and they didn't want to say anything and so they talk about the whole time over there they're like man that's like the weirdest thing ever and my granddad is trying to now you know try to get his mind off of it so he starts talking to this guy about the lord because that's the only thing he knows what to talk mm. about is like hey the bible and everything and this guy is an, it turns out he's an atheist and mm. doesn't believe in god or whatever and so they get to the hotel room and my granddad goes in to take a shower he's like all right i'm going to take a shower first and then you take one after me or whatever so as he's in the shower he hears this blood curdling yell just scream and he just naked rips out of the shower runs into the room and goes what's happening he, he's thinking that somebody's broke into this little motel like yeah. trying to rob them or something and he said this guy his partner's literally laying back on the bed the closet doors are open and he said and he's like pale like just he, he said that literally like all the blood had just been drained out of him and he says what's wrong and he says the guy can't even talk to him to tell him what happened he says it's the pink man Mm. And, and, and like literally dude like I got goosebumps because oh, like yeah. my granddad yeah. just wouldn't you know my granddad is like what are you talking about the pink yeah. man he goes the man that was on the side of the road was in the closet and he said I want you and, and, and he said and, and like literally but it took him like so long before he could even get those words out to my grandpa yeah. because he was so traumatized from it and literally that guy quit work and my granddad never saw that guy mm. Again, like he was so traumatized after that event, they don't yeah. know what happened yeah. to him. The pink man and guy. So, yeah. And, and so, and at that time too, when things like that would happen, a lot of times you get thrown into a crazy house and everything yeah. else. But I mean, my granddad saw that guy with him. He just didn't see the yeah. experience, you know, when he came out of the shower. But yeah. for me, the craziest thing that's ever happened to me, and it's one of those things, just like with your story, I'm sure when you're telling people, you're like, listen, believe me or not on it or uh, whatever. Yeah. I don't need you to so, believe me. <laughs> it. One summer I, when I was in high school, um, I, I was staying at my house with some friends of mine and my family had left to go to Georgia. And that's why, so I had an older friend and his wife were staying at my house with me. Now this older friend that I have, he's now divorced and um, I'm glad that he's out of this marriage. And it was the same, I think it was the same kind of thing. It's kind of kind of hit where your story was going. Mm. So I'm in the house. They go off to work and I, I'm there. The reason I didn't go with my family is because we had summer, you know, two a days and everything. So I'm, I'm home and I'm down. I, I stay downstairs in my basement. Our basement's totally redone stuff. So that's where my room is. And I'm sitting there like on my bed, looking at my phone or something. And I just hear somebody like run across the top of me. And I'm like, uh, I guess that wasn't footsteps. I guess that was like maybe like mm. pipes or something. I don't know. I'm downstairs. And so I'm looking at my phone again. And sure enough, he was here. Like footsteps. Like somebody's like running. On the floor above o you. On the floor above me. Yeah, yeah, like somebody's running. And it's right where like my living room and kitchen would be. Because mm -hmm. that's where my bedroom's underneath. I'm like, man, what? And, and like literally, my head's so far away from it being something supernatural. I'm like literally yeah. just keep on yeah. looking at my phone. But it just keeps on happening and in different kind of it, it wasn't like a synchronized pattern or there's no rhyme or reason to it you i could just tell that randomly at certain times there'd be footsteps mm. and so all of a sudden one time it does it hard like stomps like and goes across and so i get up out of the bed grab a gun because yeah. i'm like man there might be somebody in the house stealing stuff right now i'm like i'm not even thinking about that and by the way lead works on a ghost 
He just puts a small hole in him. So, it looks like smoke fills right back up. So, so I run up there with a gun because I'm thinking, man, I, I thought I had the alarm on to the house. Yeah. There, I, there might be somebody in here taking our stuff. And I run up there with a gun. And as soon as I get get to the like where the top of my stairs are, where there's a, my door at, I open my door and there's this loud, just like, it sounds like every pot and pan in my house got dropped. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, literally, I'm looking around with the gun. I'm like, what What just happened? And I look at my kitchen, and every single pantry door is open. Every cabinet door, every, in fact, every door that's up there, not the outside doors, but every door that's to anything that's like a dresser, to, mm. it's all open. And I'm looking, and nothing's, and I'm thinking, oh my God, we have been robbed. Poltergeist. Or something. Yeah. But, and, and I'm looking, and nothing's been taken. Yeah. Everything's still there. And I'm thinking to myself, wait a second. What? And I'm I'm calling my dad on the phone. I'm like, man, I I don't know what just happened. And he's like, what do you mean? And I tell him the whole situation, and he's like, go to bed, Caleb. Well, no, my dad instantly goes, it's demonic. Yeah. And uh, he goes, well, you need to figure it out. <laughs> I mean, that's what he t- that's what he tells me. He's like, uh, he's like, you better pray that thing out or whatever. Yeah. And, yeah. yeah. Um, Get his ass out of there before I get but, home. Yeah, <laughs> and, I sent him there to teach you something, but, kid. But it, but anyways, so you know, I, I nothing else has ever happened in that house since, and that was you know back when I was in high school. I well, felt and, like I and prayed, and you know, yeah. Well, and, that's one of the things about high school kids is uh, there's the whole German theory of you of poltergeist. I mean, uh-huh. that's a real thing where, and they are attracted to that age group because that age group is such in turmoil. Like right. my sixteen year old, she's in the basement right now. Mm-hmm. And she came upstairs one night, and she's like, I need you to come downstairs. I was like, okay. Now, it's like, she's already right. gone to bed. It's like 1 o'clock in the morning. wakes I me up. Old, I think I was 16. Yeah, so I go walking downstairs, and I'm like, what am I, talk, talk to me. What am I walking into? She goes, I was in my room, and I was like, and it's like a Saturday, so she was deciding to stay up or whatever. And I was like, well, what are you doing up this late? You should be asleep by now. You've been down here for like three hours since you said goodnight. Um and she goes, well, I was just sitting in bed, and I was, I was turning the TV off, and I, I left the light on, but I rolled over. And she has to sleep in, like, total darkness, and she just hadn't turned the light off yet. And she looked, and her room's fairly large. Uh, it's right under the living room, so it's, like, 14 by 20 feet kind of size. Um, and on the other end of the room's where her dresser is and clothes on. She's got these little bottles of perfume and stuff. And she said, I watched this bottle of perfume, like, move across the chest of drawers. So I go down there, and I'm like... I'm not sharing with this 16-year-old the shit I've been through. <laughs> right. That ain't going to help anybody, right? Because right? all yeah. I'm going to do is make it worse. Yeah. Now, she's also big on watching every scary movie you can name right. and prides herself on not getting scared. So I'm like, okay, you've hyped yourself up. You, nothing's going to hurt you, but you've got to have faith and decide it's not going to hurt you. This is right. you, Much like your dad did, it's like, you got to right. fix this. So pray. Wh- whatever you feel you need to do to protect yourself, do that. Well, then they were all gone the next day, and... First thing I did, the the boys with his dad, she's with her mom, Marissa's off somewhere else with Maui or Paulie or something, and so I'm going through the house. And I go through my ritual of getting out the the anointed oil, and I'm sitting there cleansing my, you know, praying to cleanse myself and all that, and then pray over the oil and go through the house and cleanse the house and anoint it, and then I even feel the house go, <sighs> and then I don't tell them I've done this, right? And then about three or four days go by, I was like. Baby, you feeling better? Yeah, right. everything's been cool. Everything's been cool. It's so, like, okay, well, I cleanse the house. She goes, oh, well, that explains it. So now the kids have gotten to the point where if they feel kind of weird, they go, can we cleanse the house this weekend? You know, that kind of thing. Yeah, that's even so. So what was crazy about that whole scenario is that what we ended up finding out 
And what my friend didn't even know what was happening behind his back is that his ex-wife was messing with witchcraft and everything else. Yes. Yeah, yeah, and yeah, so yeah, yeah. that stuff yep. was attached to her yep. and she was staying in my house that summer. Yep. And brought, and brought it in. in the oh, house. Yeah. Oh, yeah. And so... And you I'm look like, nice and tasty. I'm going to spend some time with you. Right. And, yeah. so, and so... And we'll, and and that's and she's totally... Like, now she's open about it and ever since that yeah. divorce. And she's yeah. in it. She does tarot card readings for people and everything else. You know, does oh, the yeah. whole, like, you know, seance yeah. stuff. Oh, well, my ex, uh, she went into massage therapy and she did Reiki level one, two, and three. Mm-hmm. I did Reiki one. And I'm like... And I when I went through that whole thing, I was just like... I'm not going to say this is bad, but it opened up some stuff with me where I was like, mm, I'm not interested. Mm-hmm. And then she got into that new age and a little bit of tarot cards and yeah. all that. And it's one of those, it's like a Ouija. It's like, I'd rather just not mess with this. Right. Like, yeah. I'm and, just going to. And, and that's you know. why even like when I had told, so when they came back home, I told them what, I told them what yeah. had happened when they got back from work. I said, this happened to me. And literally like, I still remember clear as day, her looking at me like with big eyes, like, mm-hmm. Oh, Sorry. <laughs> like, yeah, like sorry. My like bad. Yeah. And I was Did like, I, leave? Yeah, it was, I said, I literally ran up here with a gun. Like, that's how real. Like, I thought I was getting ready to have I'm to sorry. shoot somebody. I left Lassiter at your house. I didn't mean to. Yeah. Like, oh, I'm sorry. I just left my goat's blood yeah. laying around in yeah. the house or whatever else. But, anyways, that's one of those stories that, you know, take it however you yeah. want to. I just I, know that 16 yeah. year old me almost pissed himself because mm-hmm. I was so scared. Oh, yeah. Dude, literally, after I've. I hoped it was a person. <laughs> because after oh, I found yeah, out it yeah. wasn't a person, I instantly, I was like, Dad, Dad, I'm on the phone. Dad, I'm scared right yeah, now. I'm going to keep you on the phone until you get home. <laughs> yeah, I'm like, uh, I need you to be, I need you to drive back from Georgia immediately. Yeah, I need yeah. you to come here. <laughs> mm. All right. Well, hey, we're at an hour and 20. All right. <laughs> Rob's toast. <laughs> Spooky episode. Rob's over here like, man, I'm tired of these stupid no, stories. That's good, man. I just got to enjoy it and listen today. But uh, yeah, spooky Halloween episode what 13 is that what you decided well spooky uh, 11 slash 13 honorary 13 (laughs) 11 slash 13 it's it's in the books unless anybody's got anything else they want to add we could say 13 and then see what the hell happens you know if anybody actually like calls us out on it yeah (laughs) Yeah, that'll happen all right i think we're good then so i think we should say on behalf of um Miss Maud and the Shadow Man and Pink Guy. And Pink, mm-hmm. and pink Guy. Pink yeah. Guy, yeah. Uh, we, yeah, that was how yeah. we was brought to you by that. Yeah. And some, yeah. Yeah. So, the spirits that, that oh, sponsored by spirits. all sorts of spirits. The spirits that Rob and I believe in. It's called Jack Daniel's Ooh, Single Barrel. Man. <laughs> yeah, so everybody have a fantastic Halloween and uh, hopefully everybody will stay safe and no demonic presences will invade your home. And uh, we'll be back next week to... Reveal who the president is. <laughs> oh, Lord. Hopefully oh, know who right. the president is. Yeah. And God, if it's Sleepy Joe. <laughs> <laughs> this is going to be a whole different podcast. We're going to need the rest of that bottle. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Everybody tune in next week. Until then, have a great Halloween. Stay safe. And uh, we'll talk to you next week. Caleb, hold me. Bye, guys. <laughs>